Should, should I start or should you start? You should start. I should start because why? <laughs> because we're going to talk about the dead. How we almost died. Wait, say that again. We're going to talk about what? We're going to talk about how we almost fucking died. Yeah, yeah. We almost did die. I think that was what? Last, last two weeks ago? It we was almost, two weeks. We like almost died because we... <laughs> okay, Dude, so it was honestly one of the worst decisions that we made so far in 2021. I think that I don't know anyone in our lives... Any time, any time in my life where I've made a decision that bad before, because, okay, basically to just go into the sum of it. <laughs> I think you're a better storyteller, so I think you should tell us. I appreciate that. Of course. Um, so basically what we did was we were going on a hike for Martin Luther King Day. Uh, so I rented the zip car. I rented out all the things we needed. And I was trying to figure out like, hey, um, <laughs> what time should we leave New York? And so- We left at 3 p.m. And we left it was at, like, still no, 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 no. right? Our car pickup was 2 p.m. We left New York at 2.30 because we got the car. All right, that we was left dumb. late. We left late. We left late at 2.30. And we should have left roughly at 2 sharp. Too sharp. But something happened. I don't remember exactly what happened. But someone was late and whatever. So then we basically end up going to the, the garage, pick up the zip car, get in the zip car, drive to New York, which is where the, the hike was. It was upstate New York about two hours away, I would yeah, say. Yeah, that hour and a half, hour roughly. And, a half? Yeah. and essentially, we got there, and the sun was already setting. Yeah. And we saw, like, the last group of people leaving, which was kind of scary. That should have been an indicator of us, like, all right, yeah. we should have just gone up to the peak and then just walked right just back out. dipped and then gone to Mitsuo like I wanted to go to Mitsuo. Oh, man. But we didn't end up going to Mitsuo, which is a... I was kind of salty. So we had some dank Burger King after. We that. did have some dank Burger King, but the whole point was we was we were going up the mountain. It was starting to get dark. By the time we hit the peak of the mountain, it was actually pitch black and you couldn't see anything. Yeah. And then we we're supposed to follow certain paths. So like red, white, blue, whatever the whatever the color. I think it was is. orange and then blue. And then when we looked at our phone, they said that eventually once we get past the peak, yeah. we'll see a white label. Whatever. And that will eventually yeah. get us back. Exactly. But that's not what happened. We got lost and we got off the path. So we were talking to each other like, hey guys, I think we should just... Eventually, we were on the wrong path because we couldn't find the path back home. Because we couldn't see anything at yeah, all. Yeah, we couldn't see anything. So we were just like, okay guys, let's just get off the path and walk in the middle of the forest a little bit. And I was like, this is kind of dumb. But you know what? Let's see what happens. Well, well, the idea behind it was if we look towards the light, which is where the cars were coming from, right? We would eventually get back to where we started. So we're like, all right, let's get off the path and let's just start walking straight towards the light. And that was pretty, a pretty bad idea because we ended up scaling the mountain. And the mountain was what, like 80 degrees? Not like, like an 80 it degree It almost angle. was 90 degrees. 90 like degree, if almost. we wanted to scale the mountain, it would have been 90 degrees. And that almost killed us. So essentially, we almost died because it was like 7, 8 p.m. There was no one on the path anymore. I, I was like kind of terrified because I was like, okay, this reminds me a lot of like, what was that movie? Like 200 something, The Days movie with James Franco. He cut his arm off. Dude, I don't remember. But I, Whatever that movie It reminded me of another movie called no, The no. Mountain Between Us. I don't know if you've heard like it. Or like 100 and something, a number of hours and then James Franco cut his arm off. Okay, I, I don't yeah, remember that. Yeah, that one. was the movie <laughs> and it was crazy. He cut his arm off so he could get out of the canyon. Dude, the dangerous part was like when we were scaling the mountain, right? When we were trying to go towards the light, when we took, every step that we took could be our last one. Yeah, because I almost fell like twice. Because there were leaves covering everywhere. And at one point, all of us just kind of like took a step and we all kind of just tumbled a little bit. Yeah, or, we all or like, we tripped or sprained or our ankle. We fell a bit. downwards, which yeah. like super, like we could have died. Yeah. Like, because I didn't know what was in the bottom. You we, didn't know what was in the bottom. We didn't know what's bottom. We could have gotten eaten by like a wild animal too. Yeah, well, there were no animals, which was, that's what I was freaked <laughs> out about the most. I thought that there were going to be like random tigers that are going to go like, 
growl or something, and then I'd freak out, and then we'd start running, and then someone, and then someone would trip over someone, and then someone would fall over, and that someone would get eaten, and then we'd just be like, well, shit, there goes our friend. You know, no, the, the thing is, like, we were walking or scaling the mountain, we saw two big rocks, and everything was blocked because we couldn't go up because the trees blocked it. So we had to go in between that two big rock, and low-key, I was kind of like, dude, there could be something right behind that, and we wouldn't even know. Exactly, but we didn't, we, we took the chances, we didn't hear any animals, we no, didn't we see didn't. any animals, nope. luckily enough, and... We finally, I was like halfway through us, like 30 minutes into us off being off path in the middle of the mountain. I was like, guys, we're really close to the path. Let's just get back on the path. And so I think, I think we were super lucky because like when you finally checked your phone and we were finally like, all right, let's just check where we are relatively to where we got, where we dropped our car off. We were pretty close to the orange, orange, uh, orange path. Which was the original path we were on when we we're ascending the mountain, yeah. when we we're going up. Yeah. So we got really lucky and we ended up in the orange path, which is usually... Not what happens to people that end up in situations like that in nature. So we got really lucky, found the path, got back to the car, and we sat in the car and went, guys, holy shit, we almost died today. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. But we were lucky, I think. That lucky. was lucky because we had, number one, I had unwavering confidence that we were going the right way the whole time. Honestly, I trusted you. And also Will was an Eagle Scout. Yeah, Will was an Eagle Scout. He actually has first med... Our roommate actually has first med... Uh, training. Yeah, yes, some sort of wilderness training. Yeah, so I think sort. at the back of our heads, we're like, all right, we're, we're going to be okay. But the Eagle Scout said, let's get off the path, guys. <laughs> that's <laughs> also the, true. That's also true. Oh, so you, you, you had to have like half of the trust in there somehow. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that was, that was good. So like the lesson learned is basically what? Number one, you know, luck is a very big part of success in life. Yeah, I totally because agree with you. Because if I didn't say, guys, let's get back on the path at that specific moment. We would have kept going. We could have been on the other side of the mountain and then we would have been like, well, shit, now we're lost. Yeah. And I don't know what to do. We would, you know? we would have been like cuddling in the middle of the mountain and just yeah, you wait until like 4 a.m. You, know? you told me you were ready to sit under the rock that I, I told us to go under and cuddle <laughs> under that rock until someone... I was someone... mentally preparing myself, yeah, dude. Yeah, I could, tell, I could tell you were mentally preparing yourself to get to that point. And um, you, were, you were scared, you know? I was scared, but I was confident in you guys. It's okay. I was also scared, but I had to not act scared because you guys acted scared. <laughs> no, that, I think we're all... At the end of the day, we had each other's back. And I think that was the important part. Yeah. And we never gave up on each other. And we were, you know, whether it was staying in the mountain or just kept going, we, at least we stayed together. Yep. And we kept each other company and we kept, you know, I appreciate all you guys. Like, I think you were leading the way. Will was in the middle. Yeah. And I was tripping because I was like wearing the wrong shoes or some shit. And Will would stop and like point the light at me. He's like, dude, just look up. Stop looking at the ground. And I was like, stop looking down. Or, bro. Wait, no, wait, was I looking at? I don't know. But I, I just kept tripping for some reason. I mean, <laughs> I don't blame it. I don't blame us, man. It, it was a really good experience. Yeah. For us in our mid, at least we weren't like at least none of us got injured. None yep. of us got severely hurt. Yeah. I got like one scratch on my knee, but that was it. So it's fine. We're we're good. Like nothing bad happened, and we got really lucky. Yep. So luck is a very big part of our success in that, in that, right? And it's part of the on the come up, I it would is, say. It is, like, on the come up. Like, because that story, I'm never going to forget the day we went hiking for Martin Luther King Day and we set up every single scenario that could have totally destroyed us. Yeah. Think about it. We left late, yeah. got there late, started late, got lost, yeah. intentionally got oh, lost. And we didn't have any water or food. We split a protein bar. <laughs> we split a pro I, I, and I forgot to bring my bag out of the car. I forgot my bag in the car. I was like, I remember one of you guys was like, yeah, you really wish you brought your bag this time, didn't you, Gio? I was like, yeah. Because yeah. I had a full water bottle. <laughs> and, 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 I had, and I had baby wipes and everything in there. Like, 
Literally, if we had to take a shit, I had everything we needed. <laughs> so it was fine. We could have been fine. I would have felt way better if I had that backpack on me, but I didn't. And so everything went to shit really fast, and we made decisions that actually put ourselves in very bad situations. We did. We did. Like, just again, leaving late, getting off the path, not having any water or food. And also me and Will weren't fully sober. Yeah, no, you guys weren't sober. I was the only sober one yep. trying to be like, guys, I, I know what I'm doing. Everyone trust me. And that that and then and then the last thing was we got lucky at the end. We did. Because I said, let's get on the path yeah. at this time and we actually hit the path we came in on. Joe, you kind of saved us, dude. I luckily saved us. Luckily As I said, us. dumb luck is a very big part of this, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and that goes back to like, did you expect us to ever do that? Like when we I, like when we first like met? When we first met, did you ever think like we would be in a situation where we could have almost died? Like lived with your like you know we we're we're like from the same fraternity so we're like right. pledge brothers right yeah did you ever think that this was gonna be something that would happen you know four years because I've known you well like four years now we met four in five? person four yeah. years ago four years and ago we were able to kind of like connect um, we weren't even close back then too no you don't remember meeting me no I do you remember BCA meeting me event. at the at the breast, breast cancer, cancer awareness, awareness event yeah but you don't remember meeting me. Like for, other, like, for, venues, for like other, for like for like for like at a party yeah. at like social stuff you don't remember meeting I don't. me I'm but sorry. I distinctly remember meeting you because we have a photo that night so it was we do funny have a photo. um but that's that's the thing like you 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 can you have to expect the unexpected right. with a lot of things and I feel like that's a very big part of you know figuring out your life it's like you you have a plan but then you you, you expect the unexpected like for example us um, did you ever think that four years from now four years ago this is what we'd be doing. We'd be sitting in an extra room. Doing a podcast. Doing a, doing or a podcast. Or living with five other people or, yeah. you know, just sitting here and chatting. No, I did not expect that. I think three, four years ago, honestly, I... Part of me thought I was going to be still in California. But the other part was like, all right, I'm going to be in New York City trying to work my butt off to succeed. And I'm, I think I'm still going through that process. And it's... I, it's a learning experience, I would say. Do you think this is what you expected four years ago? Dude, no. I thought that I was going to be living by myself at 25. <laughs> I'm almost 26 now. I thought that I wasn't Two months have, <laughs> from now? Two months from now, I'm turning 26. I didn't oh, man. think I was going to have a roommate after I hit my mid-20s. Three roommates? Yeah, we have four <laughs> roommates and we have a dog. So, like, obviously there's... There are things that are unexpected, but especially, I think, in our generation's time... Right. You can't expect to be fully self-sufficient at this point in our lives. Um, because let's be real here, income income has not gone up. No. Salaries have not gone up. But the cost of living... Inflation has gone up. Cost exactly. of living has gone up. Everything else has gone up besides, like, income. Income, right. Um, and so that, 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 that begs the question, like, what... do? How do we expect to, to self-sustain ourselves at this age? It's not possible. Unless you're, like, you own a six-figure business... <laughs> And just unfortunately, we don't at this moment. No, we don't. So that's why it's not a thing. Um, but when we <laughs> did look back on these times, right, and we saw like what everything was, that was happening, like I know you started in real estate, right? right? And you were thinking about like if you want to stay here in California, because you did real estate in California, then you came to New York. So, like, what were your experiences like doing that, you know? So, originally, after I graduated, I moved back to California because, you know, I'm, I'm the only ch children. So, my parents wanted me back. So, only child, right? Only child. Only, only child. Children. Only child. I didn't take that SATs, I'm sorry. But <laughs> I'm an only child. So I went back and I was helping them with their business, their travel agency. And at the same time, I was doing real estate there. Um, and not going to lie, real estate there was tough. Because when I went back, I was, what, 21, 22? And well, you were that young. You weren't even, like, 
past the age of like 23? No. So oh, I, well, I graduated your, 21 yeah. and then... You, right, you graduated college 21? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So when, when I moved back, I was like, all right, I'm going to do real estate too. And I grew up in Orange County, or mine to be specific. Um, and there's a lot of Asians. A lot okay, of, so just for everyone that doesn't understand the U.S. and California, can you explain what Orange County is like and what that region of California is like? What, dude, Orange County is like a bubble, dude. Or like Irvine to be specifically, it's like a bubble. Like in, in what way? Like what, what type of like demographic? Like nothing really happened. I would say like 40% Asian, 40% white, and then 20% the rest. Okay, so then there's not a lot of, there's a lot of diversity. Yeah. And I'm assuming there's a lot of disposable income as well. Yeah. So, so a lot then, of people there are pretty well off. Okay. And I remember I put an advertisement out in the newspapers. Who still does newspaper? But a lot of people still do, actually. And one day someone called me. And they're like, hey, are you Johnson? I'm actually looking to buy a house. I was like, okay. Like, I was like, excited. It's my first client, you know? And the guy was like, oh, how old are you? I was like, what? I was like, in my 20s? He's like, but how old? I was like, 22. And in Chinese, he was like, how can I trust you to help me buy a place that's $1 million or something? And I'm like, in the back of my head, I was like, you're the one who saw my advertisement. You saw my picture. You're the one who reached me out. And now you're giving me shit. Yeah. So then, how, so basically, based off of that story, right? There's a lot of you experienced the, that ageism. Yeah. Um, but luckily, in New York City, when I moved back here, there's less of that. I think at times when I first started, when when I moved back here in 2018, people were still kind of surprised, like, "Oh, like you look kind of young. Like, how old are you?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm like 22." And like, "Oh, okay." And they kind of move on from it. Not like that guy was kind of like kind of dragged it along. But here, like, okay, you do rentals. They care less about it because if you know your knowledge, if you know your market. And if you know your stuff and you're fully transparent with what you do, then I think they, they, they trust you. And that's kind of my brand. I, I try to be fully transparent. I try to educate them about the process because if something comes down the road and it's a surprise, it wastes their time and they're going to be frustrated and I'm going to waste my time, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the main difference between real estate in California and real estate in New York City. So then how, how are you able to like segue the difference here? Because I know if you like know your shit here, it's a, lot more, it's a lot easier for you to figure things out. Yeah. Um, but did you ever experience that type of experiences here with, with like ageism and like you know how you look young yeah. uh, for your age? But you, you know, you did really well like your first year when you came to New York, right? I think the first few months it was a struggle just because, again, I was still learning the process. I was going through the... The training with my manager. I was trying to learn the market. I was trying to see how to speak to certain people, how to build a certain rapport with people, which is very important in my line of business in sales. Um, and eventually, I was lucky enough to know some of the, my friends who were looking for apartments, and that kind of got the ball rolling. And like my boss kind of saw, like, oh, Johnson is capable of doing deals. And they, from there, they gave me certain projects to work on. They, they saw how I was doing with those projects and then eventually they trusted me with more and more different kind of projects. Okay, yeah. So when it came to all of the projects, right? Right. So now, do you think that a lot of your... You're a lot more self-sufficient? Yeah. So what... So basically, if you're looking at like what it was like when you first started real mm-hmm. estate and what it was like now, mm-hmm. what was the biggest difference overall? The biggest difference between now and like three years ago? Like when you first started, you experienced the ageism, you experienced a lot of like resistance in the yeah. beginning because you had no experience, quote unquote, right? right? So you didn't know what you were talking about, right? Yep. Uh, and they didn't trust you. But now, because you're dealing more with rentals, you're saying, right? 
it's a different type of vibe. Well, not necessarily. I think it's because now that I've been in the industry for three years, people have seen my track record. Okay. And people, a lot of like, I think to answer your question, before I had to go out there and try to get my clients. Okay. Now I deal with a lot of referrals. Okay. Like for example, this past January, two two of the people that I worked with, um, they were referrals, and I really appreciate my previous clients who trusted me and they they saw that I did good work for them and they gave me the opportunity to help their friends. Okay. So that just made my job a lot easier because from before, I, I think like, you know, real estate, like my job, I don't get a, you know, starting salary. I don't get a bonus. It's literally commission based. Yeah. So if I am able to succeed or able to help someone find their new home, then that's when I can potentially get paid. And I think for me, it's not about getting paid. It's about their experience. And I think it kind of shows because of all the referrals, they see how that I actually genuinely care about them. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you think that because now you're getting referrals, everything's a lot more self-sufficient. So then, mm-hmm. down the road, when you do want this to be, you, you want this to be a full-time thing forever. What happens when you know well, we I always talk I, about? I, I think like, I want to retire by forty. But, but like, if you want to retire, right? That, right? That's what I was alluding to. Yeah. When you do want to retire, how does this become a self-sufficient business without you doing anything? Like, example, Ryan Searhant still has to do stuff. But he's a really good real estate agent. Dude, he's super good. He's right? like he's a super knowledgeable guy. And like I was looking at his recent like marketing campaign because he has a book coming out. He literally has his book that's coming out taped to his hand for the next thirty days. And <laughs> that's like crazy, right? Wait, he like taped the book to he his. He literally hand. taped the, his book to his hands. That's crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah. But yeah, he's he's a really good real estate agent. He knows how to sell. He knows how to improvise. He knows how to do things that different real estate agents don't know how to do it. Mm, so then he basically is able to like push the boundaries of what it means to be a real estate agent. Yeah. Like, and, I think, you, and I was looking up some stuff about him. Like he, he literally like, I think was on the million dollar listing, right? I think. Is that a show? I believe so. And he was, he literally just straight up told people that I'm the best real estate agent in New York City. And at that time, like obviously he probably wasn't. And there's probably other people who are, who statistically probably do better. But to be that confident... I think, like, he kind of, like, reminds me of you a little bit. Like, you're very confident about, you know, this. Yeah, it's like, when I, th- when I think I'm right, I'm just, like, I just sound like I'm right. Yeah. And, that's and like I a- believe you. Yeah, it's very <laughs> believable, too, because, like, every time I say something, you guys are like, yeah, we should probably fact-check that if you sound so confident. <laughs> like, every time you guys are like, that sounds right, but we should fact-check Gio every time he yeah, says something. We do. No, but you were right about the crash landing with, with crash landing. You remember that K-drama? Oh, yeah. We you were, were 100% right about that. I was, that. like, I was, but like... it was because you were, you, like... Made so many mistakes previously, we did not trust you at Dude, all. I was like, I'm so confident on this, I swear. I yeah. swear to God, I'm so confident. Because I was like, this scene definitely happened, and you guys are... We were not just like, me. no. Like, no, you, guys, you, guys, you guys are doubting me. I swear this scene happened. Like, you guys, like, seriously. And, I, and you guys didn't believe me. But I was right, and I was so You're confident. Right. You're right. I was putting money on that. I was so confident, dude. So <laughs> You had more on that line, but we can talk about I, that I had later. more on the line, yeah. but it was fine. <laughs> a lot of what happened, though, when it came to your career, right? When you, mm-hmm. when you do get to that point, like, cause, like Ryan Searhan's like in his 30s. I think so, yeah, right? Yeah, he's in his 30s. Yeah. So we're not even there yet. We're like five years away from that. Dude, so that's a lot of time. That. <laughs> that's a lot of time. Like, if you're being honest, it's a lot of time, right? So in your career, right, you're just saying that real estate is like, it's a very exponential curve. I think so. But a lot of, um, but a lot of like, careers are also very linear, but they can also be very linear, then they can go flat. Right. Like corporate careers are very linear, and then they can go flat. Like the salary is capped at a certain point, unless you hit sea level. 
C level? What does that mean? C level, like C suite. So like oh, okay. CMO, CEO, COO, CFO, all the C's, whatever. Right. They're like the head heads of departments, yeah. right? Like so, so you mean like CEO, CFO, CTOs, all those? All the head heads. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, that was like relating to what you said, like your career was like a very exponential curve. Like mine was also like very exponential because I was really pissed about how much money I was Dude, making. I'm actually very proud of you for taking that risk. Because I remember risk? the risk of switching companies. Because when you came to us that you said you got an offer, you were still thinking about staying at your current company because you were comfortable, you knew the culture there, and part of you didn't want to take that jump. But then the next day, I think after you kind of talked to your family a little bit, you sat down and really processed everything, you're like, this is the best thing for me and for my future, right? What kind of like led you to actually made that, come to that conclusion? Well, honestly, it was a lot of like, I had to get out of my comfort zone because I was at the point of my, of my old job where I was the one solving a lot of the problems for people and I did not feel like I was competent enough to do that, but I did the best I could. So the thing that I traded out when I had to move for the most part was, number one, the culture and people that I was with mm -hmm. and the dependency they had. They had a lot of dependency on me because I was able to help out. So like they trusted you a lot. They trusted me. Um, and that's, that's the thing that I'm very... That's one thing that's part of my, like, whatever, like, you know, the, the, the ENFJ, ENTJ, mm -hmm. that thing, whatever that's called. People take personality? The, 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 the personality traits or whatever right. that you take yeah. at work. Um, that's, like, one thing is, like, if I'm empowered to, to help people out and people trust me, mm -hmm. that's a very big part of being able to succeed in my roles. Um, but now, things are kind of different because I'm, at, I'm a lot lower in the, in the chain of command. The and, it, and I don't have someone below me. So it's, it's a lot of like working laterally and upwards instead of working down and laterally mm -hmm. because I would have an assistant that could help me in prior in your previous company. In my previous company, but now I don't have that. So things are different. So do you think now that you don't have any assistant, are you, do you feel more motivated to improve yourself even more or to like stand out? Because you're, now you're in like actual corporate, right? Like yeah. Now you're kind of, to say the least, it's like, you just a lot of different kind of fishes. You're one exactly. of the fishes. Like, how do you think? I guess, like, what? How are you gonna get out of that funk, or out of that perception of just a regular fish? Yeah. So it's a lot of working backwards and where I want to be. Mm -hmm. um, like, I know what my career goals goals are and where I want to go. But for now, it's just I have to get the processes down. Like, is no tomorrow, and I'm. <laughs> it's it's a very rough time. You gotta have like a system in place. When the system's not in place. So like now right. I actually have like a system in place when I do stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't have that when I started and that caused a lot of mistakes to happen. And it was a very big change because a lot of the processes that I did at my old job were either automated or they had programs for that. But now we have to figure out our own systems and programs per person, per whatever. And that was a tough part about it. So it's, it's hard. But at the end of the day, like, I'm glad I made the jump. Yeah. Um, it's the same job, same everything, like, same thing, like, programmatic data buying, mm -hmm. which is great. Um, but I, I think that the, the whole, the great part about working at and moving was just being able to be in a different environment uh, that's different than what I had before. Right. So it helps me grow personally and professionally because I have to understand different types of people. Um, and that's a very big part of, like, you know, understanding people, understanding how to deal with different <laughs> types of people. Um, and, and it's hard because in a corporate setting when, for example, at my old company, it was a lot more casual. Yeah. And, like, people would just, like, go out for drinks after and everyone was chill. But this one, there's a lot more resistance uh, because, number one, I was newer. Mm -hmm. Everyone else was a lot more established, so mm -hmm. they all knew each other a lot better. Yep. 
And so I had to deal with that culturally. Um, and so I'm learning slowly. But now we're working remotely, so it's not as easy. So it's even harder to bond with them now, right? It is even harder bit. to bond with them now. So it, it's, it's a tough cookie. So right. I'll figure it out, yeah. but it'll, it'll get there eventually, you know? Um, which also segues into something I've been thinking about a lot, which is, like, I know that in New York, there are a lot of people that live here, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of, like, especially, like, the ratio to men to women is, like, pretty much equal here. Like, what do you think of, like, the dating life in New York City? Like, how, how has it treated you? Because you've been single a lot longer than I have. Um, and how, how have you, you know, molded through these, like, dating apps? And, like, what is, what is like... What are my thoughts what, about what dating What are your apps? thoughts and how do you, how, what, what are your experiences? Like, all right. that stuff. Like, I think that's an interesting topic because it also relates to, like, understanding different people's perspectives yeah. and how that can help you grow, you know? Mm-hmm. So dating apps. That's a, that's a tough cookie, but... Uh... Hey, stop stealing my catchphrase, bro. <laughs> Were you going to use that? <laughs> but dating apps... I think it works for certain people and it works and it doesn't work for a majority of people, I would say. That's my just my perspective, my theory of, mm-hmm. on things. Um, I, I think you don't get a genuine connection from dating dating apps, but I think it makes it a lot more convenient and it makes it a lot easier for people to reach out to different people um, because you can literally just go on Hinge, go on Tinder, Bumble and just create a profile and then... If you look at their picture, if you look at their like quote, their personal message, you have a general idea of what they might be, and you're like, all right, then I, I might connect with this person, and I'll swipe right. And if you have like something that you don't fit with what you're looking for, you swipe left. So my, I guess my general opinion about it is that at the end of the day, I don't think it provides the best opportunity to meet the best person that fits you, just because I think you can probably meet someone better from either your friend circle or your acquaintances that you meet at work. Okay. I mean, that's, that's a very valid point, right? That you can probably just meet people through your networks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but personally, have you had bad experiences? Have you had good experiences? Like, have there been experiences that have, like, definitely turned you off from this? <laughs> Because if I seem like it seems like there there's a reason. I mean, I feel like you know a couple of those incidents. Well, yeah, right? of course. That's what I'm, trying to, I'm trying to ask you the question, dude. Come on. So, I mean, <laughs> like, okay, so like, just tell me, like, if there was a one defining experience that where you were like, okay, I definitely don't think I can find the love of my life off of like Hinge, Tinder, Bumble, Coffee Meets Bagel, um, what Cri- Christian Singles, whatever <laughs> Christian. it is, whatever it is that you're using. Oh, wait, you're vegetarian. Yeah. The vegetarian app for, for dating or something. I don't know. You're vegetarian. Yeah. Um, whatever app that you're using, just what was it? The, the funniest or the craziest or... Something that defined the moment and you were like, damn, I don't think I'm going to find the love of my life on this. That's tough, dude. But uh, like one like story that kind of stands out is that you remember there was a girl that I was talking to, I think, during quarantine... And we were shooting messages back and forth for like 45 minutes. And I was like, oh, like, I feel like we would potentially work out. And 15 minutes after the, going back and forth, she was like, hey, do you want to FaceTime? I don't really do this that often. And I was like freaking out. So she wanted to FaceTime you after you guys were just going back and forth texting. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was like... It was just like, it was like it was rapid connect, fi- it was connection, like, rapid fire. It was fire. like rapid yeah, fire. It's like, yeah. No one texts like that anymore, no, dude. No, no one texts like that because <laughs> you, okay, honestly, if you, see, if you get a message on your phone and you look at that shit. You, you take a little time to you, like, you, wait. You're like, I got to play the game and not reply right yeah, away because yeah, then I look yeah. like too desperate and I have to play this game. But you guys are going back and forth. Like We're going nothing. back and forth, yeah, for mm-hmm. a good 50 minutes. That's very rare. 
That's why I thought I was like, all right. I mean, like, she wants FaceTime, even though I was freaking out because I'd never done that before at that point. So you've never used FaceTime before? When going on the first date? Oh, going on a date, you've never used FaceTime? Yeah. Like the yeah. virtual dating Virtual type stuff. dating. Like, that was the okay. first time that I ever did it. And okay. she wanted to do that. And I was like, dude, do I have to dress up? Or like, what do I do? And you guys were just like, just put on a nice shirt. Go with the flow. Yeah, something that was, doesn't look like you're at home. Exactly. Put on an I remember this. Yeah. yeah, you were like freaking out. You were genuinely out. scared. Because I've never done that before. Yeah. FaceTime dates are weird, FaceTime man. FaceTime dates, yeah. yeah. Anyways, we, I finally, I was like, all right, give me like five minutes. And then she's like, yeah, give me five minutes. And then she's like, all right, let's call on uh, the Hinge app. And I was like, okay. And then she called. We talked for a good 45 minutes. I think we were laughing. I genuinely thought it was going somewhere. And then, the, I don't know if it's funny or sad, but at the end of it, she was like, yeah. I don't think this is going to work out. And I was like, okay. And then she was like, nothing personal. I was like, and back then I was like, at least she knows what she wants though, right? And then she kind of, it's like, we just ended the call. Two minutes later, not even part of my matches anymore on Hinge. <laughs> and oh, so it. she also like deleted you <laughs> off her matches. Off so dude, she literally told you to go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And at that moment, I was just like... I guess that's dating for you, right? That's, that's dating in New York City. Like, sometimes you just go for it, and then if it doesn't work out, you just gotta... Don't take it too personally and just move on. I think that's a very special case. <laughs> you think I, so? think, I think maybe that person or she was looking for something extremely serious. Um, and we don't know. Yeah. We don't, we don't know. I like, mean, I think she, she probably... From our conversation, it seems like she was looking for a particular person, and I don't think I fit that mold. You see, that's the whole thing about it. I'm like, dude... Here's my theory. Yeah, what, what do you think about it? Here's my theory. I don't believe in dating apps because one, you have a profile that you have to make. So you have to like mold yourself into this chiseled god of yourself, right? You choose and like then, really nice pictures of yourself. Dude, like, 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 mm, you know? like you know how like Timmy Turner turns into that like super Chad <laughs> yeah. or something? When, yeah. I know he has like an episode in um, Fairly Odd Parents where yeah. he turns into like some super Chad. That was a great yeah. show. He got, he got the ABG though. He got uh, Trixie. What's her name? Woo! Is that one? I don't remember. The one that wears like, pink. Good for the him. one that wears pink, man. He won. Short kings. Short kings, dude. Like us. Short kings, man. Um, yeah, he won. He won. He won. Um, and but it was probably a toxic relationship. Let's be realistic. Here. Um, <laughs> Come on. Some relationships work out. Come on. Some relationships work out, but I feel like him and that girl were probably not gonna work. Uh, but my theory on dating apps essentially is like there are times when you have to mold yourself into this ideal look. And you have to mold yourself with a profile. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember we were talking with some people. and like, Gio, the only reason you get likes is because you do interesting shit. You and do I'm, interesting shit. You yeah. rock climb, you DJ, you produce music. Those are all interesting. You used to play rugby, bro. Yeah, I jumped out of planes. You like, jumped out of planes. You almost died scuba diving, I think. Yeah, I, I, I almost died scuba diving and skydiving. Yeah. Yeah, scuba diving and skydiving, I almost died. So that's, dude, you're one interesting guy. Yeah, and so I'm like, okay, it's not my fault that I actually went out and did shit and I get matches because of it. Like, I'm sorry. But like, here's my theory. Um, essentially, when you mold yourself with like these like perceptions, it with these photos, with these profiles, with these prompts on, on these apps, it creates like this whole... Like assumption F about you. Facade? Or facade, no, not a facade. But a f a they make assumptions about you because of what you've done yeah. and the things you're projecting. So then like when you actually meet up, you might not act like yourself. Exactly. <laughs> so not just that, but also you feel like you have to act like a certain person too. Yeah. You can't be your true you, like... I can't be like my true head-ass Geo. You have to tone it down a little bit, my guy. can't be like a total idiot. Like, 
half the time I am around you guys. It's not like that anymore. So a lot of what I like, I feel is like, yeah, one, you have to mold a profile of yourself mm-hmm. and act like the profile that you're putting up there. And two, you see the other person's profile. And so you're like, oh shit, she did XYZ, he did XYZ. Mm-hmm. What does what does this mean? Does that mean that he is also like a total like nut job because he jumps out of planes or something like is he does he just live off his parents money or something is he- so wait so are you saying like because you create this profile of yourself before you actually meet the person right these assumptions kind of screw everything up yes because it takes away the dr- the rush of actually getting to know someone because you already know so much about them mm-hmm. a lot of surface level stuff right but you don't know a lot of the deep stuff but that's the whole point of like actually like after talking to each other or exchanging messages for a couple of days, then you meet up in person, right? That is true. So but that, then that may build that even deeper connection. You could build a deeper connection, but also at the same time, where's where's the excitement in actually getting to know that person truly? Right. But also on top of that, like the third point I always make whenever I talk about this stuff is like, it's a self fulfilling prophecy. When you're on a dating app, you have the expectation of getting something out of the other person. So you're saying like this particular app or this particular person will end up being my girlfriend, are you saying? You're there for a specific reason, which right. is to find someone to love, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's it. At the end of the day, like Hinge, they're, they're saying is like meant to be deleted, deleted yeah. right? Yeah. So the whole point is you're there to f- delete the app, right? Yeah. And you're there to find someone that you can like, Genuinely make a connection. Genuinely be your partner. Grow right? up together and what, eventually marry, right? Whatever, right? <laughs> and so when you make those assumptions that it's going to happen, you try really hard to make things happen, but it's not the same as if you actually like meet them organically because you're already expecting something from them. You want something because you're already on the app. And it gives the assumption when you're on the app that you get something from them, especially like a dating, yeah. right? Like, dude, it, honestly, if, if I was like on those apps... Again, like I don't know how I'd feel because it's it's like I know that I'm gonna meet someone better if I just go through my networks. Unfortunately, we're dealing with COVID, so we can't really do that right now, right? But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I now that I know that I was on the apps when we could leave the house, yeah. When things were like a lot better, yeah. Um, and meet people, I now know that it's not where I'm gonna find someone that I know that I might love for the rest of my or life. Or like someone who you'll truly care and kind of eventually have a life with. Yes, and if I do, it's one in a million. One in a million. I think so. But also, we read an article, right, that said it was like one in 10 people end up in a relationship. But also, you have to keep in mind, one in 10, that's 10% people of those people actually get into relationships. And also, it's like majority guys on it. And also, too, like the algorithm's kind of screwed up, too, I would say, right? Yeah, it's broken. And then, like, it's it's focused on, like, financials for the company. Like, they don't really, I mean, they care about love. But at the end, their goal is... They want you to buy the premium, premium because it Like roses you. and all that other stuff. Yeah, because what did you say? The roses people, like in Hinge, like yeah. the rose section, like yeah. they're way better looking than the people that you get on your matches? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They want me to pay for roses. Yeah. I'm not going to pay, no, pay, pay, pay for that. I'm not going to pay for that. I'm way too cheap for that. <laughs> Hopefully COVID gets better so we can go out and have a good time and meet people. I just want to meet people through people. Yeah. I think that's the best way to, number one, meet people that you're like-minded with. Because if Think of it this way. When you meet someone through someone, mm-hmm. that third connection, they probably have the same morals. Some sort of, some sort of interest that yeah. you guys already can connect same, with. Same like, kind of mindset and stuff like that, too. Mm-hmm. So they're probably not like total shitheads. <laughs> You know, so <laughs> you saying some people on the app are shitheads. I'm saying that some. I'm not saying that. That's not what I said. <laughs> trying to gaslight me right now, dude. Um, there's some people that you meet, and you're like, yeah, this isn't gonna work. Like you meet them, you're like, this guy's a total idiot. You know, and you meet them, and you're like, this guy is 
this person isn't trying the best in their life, right. like they're kind of being like on the edge, like not really trying as hard as they'd like to. You know they have potential, but they're not using it. Mm-hmm. Like we're in our twenties now. Like we should be trying to find our potential and you know figuring out what we should be doing with ourselves. We're getting to the age of finding a lover and hopefully figuring out our career out, right? But I feel like that shouldn't be the main goal that we have in mind. I mean, okay, so like if you think about it, like in terms of your dating life, mm-hmm. is the main part of your dating life to find a partner that you just want to love? Or is there specific characteristics you look for? I think specific characteristics. Okay, like what is that? Like for example, someone who would kind of be straight with you. Who so a real wouldn't, friend. wouldn't sugarcoat anything. That's a real friend. That's a real friend. That's one, a real friend. Okay. Right? Um, someone who generally sees you as who you are and not okay. try to change you, but make you, well, not make, but help each other grow and become better. So a symbiotic relationship. A symbiotic relationship is, I think, what is important. And they have to understand, like, who you are as a person and what you want. And mm-hmm. you have to be on the same page. Like, it's, I think that's what is more important, especially like when we're hitting our ages. Yeah. Um, it's being on the same page. Yeah. I right? think communication is key. I think like our early relationships or there's just a lot of miscommunications. I think... A lot of assumptions A lot of assumptions, too. exactly. And I think what I learned or like looking back, I think I took a lot, I, again, a lot of assumptions and I think I took a lot of things too personally and I didn't fully see it from their perspective at all times. And... I think as I grow older, you kind of know that you have to do all that and, like, be even better. And so it just basically helps. It's a symbiotic relationship where they can help you grow as a person mm-hmm. and help you, like, figure out your life as well. Yeah. Um, and that's something that... But also I think another important thing that when, when I'm looking for a girlfriend or a future wife, right, is that they should have a goal in mind but not let that goal consume her. I think she has to be able to be flexible. I think COVID, that's the one thing that I learned from COVID is that some shit just happens and there's no reason for it. And you have to be able to adapt. Yes. And I think I don't want someone who's like, all right, I want this and only this. And like, if something happens, they won't like change their course or like adjust. Mm-hmm. Flexibility. Flexibility, I think is important. So that's, that's that, those are important things for you, right? Yeah. And so that leads into, you know, how do we pick our friends? Because a lot of things that we talk about, it's like your network if you're, is your net worth, mm-hmm. right? Because these people that you meet in your life, you're going to spend a lot of time with them, right? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of, as we grow older, we're going to have less friends and a lot more acquaintances. Right. And that's one thing that an older friend of mine told me. He's like, when you get older, you're not going to have a lot of people in your life that you can call close friends and good friends. Um, and I know you mentioned, like, these, like, levels of friendship. I think um, there's, like, five different levels of friendship. Yeah, yeah, So can you explain that? Sure. Yeah. Like, I would say, like, if you want to put it as a lower level, let's say, like, level five, right? They're just kind of friends who are acquaintances. People you you just kind of met through another friend and you guys don't really hang out. Um, level four would be just kind of, I would say, like, people who you know of and when you meet up, you're just like, hey, Let's catch up or let's do something. But I feel like majority of that time, you don't actually follow up. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then there's the level three where before COVID, you know, we used to go out and drink like <laughs> every weekend. Like every weekend, Friday, Saturday, sometimes Sunday because we'd have a brunch. Brunch, right? Yeah. And I feel like those friends would be considered like level three because 
But it's a mix of it's one, two, mix. three. It's a mix of one, two, three. One, two, three, yeah. Because we don't talk to them on the daily. We don't share like genuine secrets with them, I would say. Because I would consider, I'm going to skip level two for now. I would consider you level one. Like you and all our roommates and some of my close high school friends that I see and talk to every week. Because those are the friends that also try to reach out to me on the daily and weekly. And also, you know, where we just kind of share ideas, bounce ideas, and are able to kind of give honest opinions of one another. Where would you put your high school friends? My high school friends? That well, you don't see very often. That I don't see that too often. But, yeah. like, when we do meet up, it seems like nothing kind of skipped the beat. Yeah. I would say maybe level two. Level two or three. Like, my really, really close high school friends. Like, I have high school friends that I talk to every other week, just chat, but I don't see them at all. Like, they're in California. So I would consider them kind of, like, my level twos. So then do you think that those, those lifelong friends, right? Because I have friends like that, too, because, like, my friends are not here. Yeah. A lot of my friends aren't even in the U.S. Because a lot of your friends, you went to international school, right? Yeah, so, so a, lot a, lot, of, a lot of them aren't even here. So, like, yeah. I don't even know how to rank those people mm. because I know that those people are very important to me, but I don't see them very often. But when we see each other, like, after, like, four or five years, it's like, it's like we never skip the beat. Skip the beat. And we're still friends, but it's almost like we've moved so quickly in different places yeah. um, that it was like we never saw each other. So where would you kind of rank those people if it was kind of It's like, like the in-between one and two. Yeah. Because you have like a bond with those I, I honestly feel like two is like a 1B. <laughs> it could be 1B, but like yeah. it's like that. Pe- those people, it's like there's a, there's a bond that you can't break. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my friends, um, he actually went to school with me mm-hmm. at, in high school and we've been friends like eight years, nine years. Yeah. Um, once you hit seven years of, of friendship, that's when the friendship is almost unbreakable. That's he read like a study on it. He he said that. He said that. Really? He's like, so once we hit the seven year point, that's like our friendship is unbreakable. So that means he'll he'll you'll definitely be inviting him to your wedding. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> I need I need sponsors. This guy's probably gonna be really loaded. So like, why not, dude? Come on, bro. <laughs> um, well, you know what I mean. Come yeah, on. I know what you mean. Um, like, the, okay, I'll get you a sick gift too, bro. Yeah, dude, I want a BMW. Um, <laughs> Let me get one first. And I'll get yeah. You one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, where were you going? There, there was like, there's like that unbreakable bond. Like, mm-hmm. I actually caught up with a friend who has been my friend since second grade, but we didn't talk for five years uh, since 2015. And then we 2015? caught up. Yeah, so we, six years. Six years, but we never wow. saw each other for five years. Yeah. So it's to 2020. New Year's of 2020, he was in Manila the same time I was in Manila. Yeah. I hit him up on Snapchat because we had each other on Snapchat randomly. Do you guys end up hanging out? We caught a drink for the first time in five years. Wow. Instant connection, Instant right? connection, never skip the beat. I think those are the best friendships too, though. Yeah, this guy is 100% real with me, 100% G. Like, this guy's a hardcore, 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 <laughs> hardcore motherfucker. Mofo. Hardcore <laughs> motherfucker, dude. Like, 100%. <laughs> we're going to beep that. Yeah, we're going to beep that. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, like, he's a good friend of mine. And we don't see each other, and we see each other again, and then it's just like, I saw him yesterday. Yeah. Those are the friends that I think are not even, like, 1A, 1B. That's like a zero. Because you know wherever they go, wherever you see, wherever you go, you can always hit them up. Yeah. And they'll always be there for you. They always get your back. Exactly. Like, I know if I go to where he lives, yeah. he'll house me. His family will house me, 100%. That's a great friend. Okay, with that being said, though, do you think with everything that has happened the past almost year with COVID, right, have you... Has that changed your opinion or views on how you would define someone as your friend? Well, defining a friend is very, that's a very like hard thing to define, especially in 
our early lives because we didn't understand in high school like what a real friend was. Mm-hmm. But now we know that a real friend is someone that is able to like be there for you one, tell it to you straight. Because as a friend, I'm not gonna tell you and sugarcoat shit for you. I don't I don't, I don't care. Yeah, you should. I mean, I, at no. least with me, you should just literally give me a straight and like. If I get pissed off at you, that's my that's a me yeah, problem. That's, that's a you problem. That's dude. a me problem because that I just yeah you just ignore exactly. me. Exactly, and, and, and there's some people that don't understand that if your friends are not able to give it to you straight and give you real who feedback, who else give you shit? <laughs> I said, who else is gonna give you shit? Right? Yeah, who else is gonna give you shit besides your friends? And it comes at least for me, it doesn't come from a place of toxicity. Yeah, it comes from a place of one criticism, but constructive criticism, and two, it comes from a place of like love because it's I want you to learn that you did something wrong and some probably something stupid yeah. so it's like I just want you to learn from what I'm telling you especially from like now that we've been running this thing for like a month right you mm-hmm. understand that like I will tell you straight what I think yeah. like we had to film this again because I thought it sucked the first <laughs> time so I was like yeah we're gonna do this okay, again it wasn't that bad it but... wasn't bad but I knew we could do better Yeah. and you know that it's not coming from me being like yeah we fucking suck Yeah. you know but like now it's like I understand that we did something wrong. Mm-hmm. We can improve on this. Let's just do it. Yeah. It's just improvements. Yeah, it's just for improvement. That's, yeah. And that's what a real friend is. Someone that can tell you everything straight up. So do you think like with COVID, has that made you like be smarter with your time dealing with friends then? Yes. Because I know I have other projects that I need to do. Yeah, you're always busy, dude. Dude, like, you don't see me for, like, a week sometimes. Like, there are yeah, times... sometimes I'm just like, Gio, you don't even hang out with us, bro. And it's... you're literally downstairs. But, again, at the back of my mind, I know you're doing things that are making you happy and things that you're passionate about. You know, especially with Trigger Collective. You released a song on February 1st. Yeah, that was today. Yeah. Yeah, I released... We released a mini album today. So that was, like, our first original soundtrack. So it was our first album as a DJ collective. So, I like, I mean, that DJ collective that I'm in... We basically released an album of songs that we all originally produced, mm-hmm. and these are all our original compositions. It's no, no like, um, like remixes, no none of that. It's like an original song that we make ourselves, and we crafted ourselves and finished, and we put our own album album artwork on it. Um, it's up on SoundCloud now too. So like, there's, we we collectively decided, let's do something that we can call our own, um, and that's something that we're proud of. Um, and being able to like build things is like something I really like doing. Um, like like this podcast, like I like like my my DJ brand, um, like that's why I like marketing. Like you thought that this was just gonna be like let's just record on Zoom, and then fucking put that up on the internet. Yeah, I honestly thought you just press record. We'll interview different people, ch- you know, chat with them, and then once we're done, you know, three, two, one, cut. We can just post it on uh, Spotify, and that was it. But. It, it's not that easy. We, not, we always have to brainstorm before yeah. meeting up with a particular guest. We have to make sure everything kind of goes smoothly. And especially with the marketing side like and editing everything, it's not easy. I, I didn't think it, was this, it would take this much time, but yeah, I'm like, learning so much. It's like a whole process. So oh, that, that's good because it's under, we understand like the inner workings of like a small business, right? And how that works. Um, and how we like define... Um, like, but so going back to your question about COVID and friends, right? Do I know how to pick my friends? Yes. <laughs> Do I have to allocate my time better? Yes. 
I try not to like drink as much anymore because I know that it makes my stomach feel bad. <laughs> um, and so that those are like the things that I, you have to allocate. Like as we get older, I remember Jay Bro talked about this. Those two Korean dudes I always watch on YouTube. The guys uh, who has a place in K Town. Yeah, those guys that live in K Town. Yeah. Like the one of them's like a dentist resident. Yeah. A dental resident, and another one is a PhD student. And they balling, huh? No, they haven't made any money. <laughs> um, they're, re- they're only a resident and a PhD student, so they right. haven't. They'll, they'll eventually be balling. They're gonna be balling. They're gonna so, be balling. Like they, their YouTube channel was talking about how. Uh, do you think that like your friendships have changed? Like the same question that you told mm-hmm. me. It's more of like we understand that we have to allocate our social time. Smart pro- and efficient. More smartly. Right. In a more smart way. Um, and they were talking about how you have to like pick your battles in terms of social life. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you go out every weekend just for the sake of doing it. You should just go out when you know that it's time for you to like blow off steam or not just because. It shouldn't be just because because yeah. that, that going out just because is a total college thing. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. toxic. It is like, really Looking toxic. back, like we, just because like, oh, like you feel like you have to go out, looking back, you could have just used that time to like... Focus on other stuff. We, but we, you also have to keep in mind when we were younger, we didn't have the concept of, hey, I should do something. <clears throat> like, on something else other than drink my ass off. Yeah. <laughs> so, you can't blame yourself for that because we all go through those phases. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, going off of that into, like, allocating your time better, like, do you, th- it's like, that's like, the, how do we define our success? Because we, we're not able to allocate our time better as, a, as young adults. Right. Um, and, like, what do you think it means to be, like, truly successful in, like, your... My views on template it. of like, my template. What's your template of like success? Like, what? How do you define that? I think for me personally, is not about the money, but to be able to be comfortable and flexible in what I want to do down the road. Um, yeah, because like money is nice, but I think just having more time down the road is what I truly want. Like, I think I told you earlier, I want to retire by forty, right? But at the same time, when I do retire by forty, I don't want to just be sitting on my ass. You know, I want to be. Traveling, I want to be working on different projects. All right, so explain to me a day in the life of you retired at 40. A day in the life of me retiring by 40. Yeah, what are you going to do? Like wake up at like 5 a.m., do like a a yoga, and then like like make some tea? Dude, I'm going to wake up 7 a.m. in Bali. Oh, you're going to check my online business real quick. Did you hear about all those like gurus that were like stealing from Bali because they didn't like file taxes? Wait, didn't someone get kicked out or something? I saw. That's so hilarious. I saw that. Oh, man. hilarious. I was like, you guys like trying to like feed off Asia. They were like, no, like what what do they call nomad? uh, Digital nomads. Digital nomads. And they were, I mean, I think they meant well because they were trying to tell other people to come here. But I think they did it or say it. No, they overstayed. They, they overstayed. Overstay- yeah. They overstayed their visa and right. they didn't pay Indonesian taxes. Because they were paying US taxes, though, right? No, they, they weren't paying like taxes properly, essentially. So Interesting. things like it wasn't like, something wasn't working. So like they were either, like stealing from Bali. What? Yeah, because they weren't paying the dues properly. Bruh. And or they overstayed their visa. That's not cool. So like, yeah, they, they messed up. So they of course up. it's not gonna go well. Yeah. Um but is that what you the life you want to live like a digital nomad who could just go everywhere? Not but, fully, but I think I just want to be able to like say like I want to travel when I whenever I want to, is is my goal I think. Um, but to also run you know some certain businesses or have different real estate projects going for me, I think that's kind of my end goal. Where is your ideal location? For what? Where do you want to like settle down? Where, where I want to settle down like with family or like when I retire or when you're retired in quotes. <sighs> that's tough. I, I would say Asia, honestly. Looking like I love Asia, like maybe Thailand, maybe Taiwan. I love Taipei. 
So I think those two two areas are, or Vietnam. Like I visited Vietnam right before COVID. It's such a beautiful country. Have you been? Yes. Dude, it's amazing. I went to Ho Chi Minh. Ho Chi Minh? Yeah. Dude, it's amazing over there. Yeah, maybe maybe Asia is a good spot. I know that I'm gonna eventually end up in Asia because my parents like live there. I just also think the opportunities in the states aren't that. It's not gonna be that great down the road. But you have no friends when you go to Asia. In Asia, I mean, like you said, you'll be in there, right? I mean, yeah, I'm gonna be <laughs> probably in a different country. Yeah, we'll all be like, in different countries. We'll be in different countries. <laughs> hopefully, by that time, we're all really rich and can fly fly to each exactly. other. Exactly. Like, we'll hop on a jet and be like, hey, Gio. I'll see you at 5, 5 a.m. the next day. Yeah, or something like that. Like, it's like, yo, you want to play golf in Thailand tomorrow? Dude, that'd be pretty lit. It's like, yeah, let's do that. All right, let's, let's go to Bali just for the shits. <laughs> I, we can rent the villa out again. Or, or something like that. Like, that, that would be, like, really cool. It's like, you have, like, five friends that are just total, total like, bachelors. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, guys, let's just, uh, let's just fly to Bali, play some golf. Then we'll fly back to Manila. Then I'll host dinner. Yeah. And tell our family to meet us there. Yeah, or something that's, like that's that. A, honestly, that's the goal. That's the goal down the road. What are we, like, crazy rich Asians? I don't think we'll be crazy. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be crazy rich agents because I feel like to get to that level of crazy rich, it's generational. Yeah, you have to be kind of born into that kind of stuff. Not born into, but it's more like if you become the tycoon of a country, which means, example, you make Walmart and you kill Walmart, you beat Walmart out and you become the next Walmart. Yeah. Then you can be like one of those families. Just be the next Amazon. Yeah, be the next Jeff Bezos, but like... Yeah, I don't think there's gonna be another Jeff Bezos. I don't, there's not gonna be because basically you can't copy these people yeah, no, because so you, far ahead. you have to be a trailblazer. Trail bra- trail yeah. Like example, Skrillex. Oh man. You will never forget that Skrillex was the, the trailblazer for dubstep because before Skrillex, dubstep was a joke. Everyone was like, "What am I listening to?" And then two, three years they're like, "Dude, this is the bomb ass shit." Yeah, like you listen to like Skrillex's Bangarang or Skrillex's Scary Monsters Ooh. and Sprites. Yeah, that album defined dubstep, and now every dubstep artist after him, they're not Skrillex. Yeah, they're, they're just another dubstep artist mm-hmm. in comparison to what Skrillex was to dubstep. So if you are to create something like insane, you have to create something completely new. It's like a yeah. completely different like segue, like how um, trance music is like its own thing. <laughs> Even though I don't like trance music. Do you like trance and house? I don't like trance music. I like house music. I don't like trance music. <laughs> like, you have to define your own avenue. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is the next big thing for you? Mm-hmm. And if that basically works out for you, for example, you make your own, like, vertical within business. Right. Right? Not a new dropshipping store. Not, like, Amazon FBA. Because everyone's done it. They're just... It's saturated, you know? It's you have to. You have to come up with a completely it, it, new... It, that's, like, a true business model. Exactly. It's, like, something that's completely new. Right. Like how artificial intelligence is running a lot of things now, um, like electric, down the road. Ca- electric cars, cur- cryptocurrency. Those are the next big stuff, I think. Blockchain, blockchain. Like all those things, like the big things that they talk about, right? Yeah, that's like how you would truly make a business work. And we're speaking as people that don't even own that stuff. Yeah, and we know that, but like a lot of these people, like, have you heard of the the book Outliers? Book Outliers, no. Um, it's basically about like the concept of why a lot of people are successful. Like for example, the reason Bill Gates was able to build Microsoft was because he had the ac- the the like access to the computers. Wait, no way. Wait, yeah. what do you mean by the access to them? Like, like he went to a school that gave him like the funding to make a computer. Or it was Steve Jobs or something like that. Like yeah. he had access to like a microcomputer uh-huh. that wasn't available to like any other market. And, and only he had and that. only only he had that like at the time. That's so it, crazy. They, they were like put in situations that caused them to be successful by luck as well. Yeah. You need a lot of luck. Like, for example, the founder of Under Armour, you know how that started, right? No. Like, 
the cotton shirt the, you, when you used to play football you used to wear like a cotton shirt like this oh I think I actually read right? read his book about it. like right? it would like it would like get really wouldn't really, breathe or like, like you couldn't breathe yeah like, it was really like sweaty yeah so he was like dude I, I I I need to like make something work and then he tested out with like different players yeah. and then he got feedback and then he just kept doing that for his football it. team That's like crazy. literally he was in the situation <laughs> to do that because he had access to a football team. Like, those situations that, like, you just totally, like, don't think about that puts you in a situation of success. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you see, like, an opportunity like that, just, like, double down on that. You just got to go for it. Yeah. You just got to take that risk. Exactly. Because, like, what's the worst that happens? They say no. They say no. They they laugh at you and you just... Keep doing it. You just keep doing it. And so that's, like, defining the success is, like, one, you want to have, like, the flexibility. Two, you also have to have, like, the certain situation. Because, like, you can keep trying to make businesses happen, but if you're not in the right... Situation mindset, or situation, situation. mindset, yeah. like right time of your life, it might not work out. Which is why, like a lot of like successful musicians too, like a lot of people look like they have overnight success stories. But they don't. They they've no. always gone through some sort of struggle. I think yeah. like one of my favorite quotes. I think it's like embrace the struggle and let it make you stronger. Yes. Because it it doesn't it won't last. Where does that come from? I think from a motivational speaker that I recently like looked up. Mm -hmm. Because like recently because of COVID, I looked. I've been listening to like a lot of podcasts, reading a lot of books that you've given me, like what four hour work week, um, subtle, subtle, what not subtle, um, what's the subtle fuck? No. Oh, subtle art of not giving a fuck. That, that one. <laughs> yeah, I love that book too. Like those books have been helping me get through COVID. Yeah, say. because it's like, those, I think the subtle, the subtle art of not, not giving, giving a, a fuck, fuck is basically about like the biggest thing I took from that book and how to define success is. You know how the media always defines these people like, oh, look what this guy did at 19. Look what this guy did at like 18. Like they started their own company. They're doing X, Y, Z. The media basically finds the only top 0.1% and they cover those 0.1%. So why do you feel like shit when you see all these articles that show all these people your age succeeding? It's because <laughs> they're the 0.1% of your age. Yeah. So why would you compare yourself to the 0.1% of your age when you're not even in the 0.1% yet? You shouldn't. Exactly. And that's what messes with everyone's head. Yeah. Everyone wants instant gratification and that like totally messes everyone up because you want something that you can't have in that specific moment but it took these people probably like 10 years to work up they to it. They probably like sweat and tears too. They like spent hours and hours just in the basement trying to figure this stuff out. Yeah, they probably they probably had to like neglect their friends. Yeah. I probably don't even have friends, like real friends. Like genuine friends, right? Like genuine friends. I care about like them. Us like us too, you know? Yeah, dude. <laughs> exactly. So like there, there's, there, there are trade-offs that you don't see that these people have. And if you just compare yourself to these people, that's why like social media and like all these, this influencer culture like really messes kids up these days. Bro, I hate TikTok understand. these days, man. I hate TikTok too. But hey, it helped us out. It so might as well. Us. That's true. We got like 50,000 views on a video. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you for watching. <laughs> uh, but it was crazy that yeah. we got that. Because like, I remember when, when we saw the numbers starting to go up, we were like, dude, I've never gotten this much exposure in my life. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, all right, 6,000 by tomorrow. No, we got like 10,000 within yeah, an hour. And then so. five days later, it was 50K. 50, yeah. And then I, then we look at the comments. Someone called us like a Warcraft 3 nerd. We were like nerds. Yeah, they called us <laughs> Do nerds. Do we look like nerds? Maybe in the what? thing we look like nerds. I don't know. <laughs> but we got made fun of too. So we, ha we understand that there is a certain amount of ridicule that comes with it yeah. too. So there'll always be haters. There's always but you'll always have people that want to have a good discussion too. Yeah. And that was a really good defining moment for us to understand that this is a, th these tools are powerful. Yeah. And we don't know where it can take us. It's true. Like, for you, the next thing you know, like, we might get a message from, like, some famous YouTuber that's like, hey, uh, I'm just in the area. Why, do you want to just hang out? You want to do an interview? Yeah, exactly. You just chat and uh, talk about random stuff? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was and, pretty and, lit. And, and we don't know. It's like, 
the book that I gave you about YouTube, mm -hmm. it's like, it's not about getting on YouTube and making money off YouTube. It's about the opportunities that YouTube might bring to you. For example, developing like some skill, right? Yeah. Like this entire project that we've done with the podcast, our goal isn't to make money. I think we've all kind of went into this like, all right, we, want, we generally just want to meet different people and learn from them and to share their story with our listeners and viewers. And at the same time, we've learned a lot. Like for me personally, I learned a lot of marketing skills. You taught me how to use FS Studios. And before this, I wouldn't have known how to use those kind of systems. And yeah, you, you thought that this was just going to be a record on Zoom and put I it on YouTube. Do, but there's a lot of work to put exactly. into it. Um, yeah, but what's your biggest takeaway from us talking today, by the way? Biggest takeaway is that to be successful isn't easy. And we have to go through the hoops. Um, it's not going to happen instantly. It's going to take some time. It's going to take a lot of us failing. We're going to have a lot of failures at the end of the day, I think. Um, and from those failures, I think we will be able to learn from them. And we'll use those failures as stepping stones to become better people, become better podcasters, become just overall better people, I would say. Yeah. I think that the, the, the big part of this is like genuinely, if we think, my mindset is like, I don't think anyone gives a shit about us right now. And so we can do whatever we want. Talk about anything and everything. And talk about <laughs> anything and everything, man. And it doesn't matter because we're learning. Yeah. And we, if we're learning something, someone else is probably learning something too. Yeah. Right? And so if we're just on the right path of like morality, like morally speaking, if we ask the right questions, pick the right people, and just understand what's happening and... and and help people learn. I think we've already we'll succeeded. Fine. We'll be fine. Yeah. And, that, and these people will also learn. Yeah. Whoever's listening, I don't even know who's listening, man. I, look I at really appreciate you guys. Yeah. We get like viewers, listeners and viewers from like Canada, Singapore. Like we got someone from, yeah, we got someone from Singapore. Singapore recently. recently. Yeah, because Spotify shows us that. And I was like, wow, who's that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we don't know anyone from we Singapore. We don't know anyone from Singapore too. <laughs> so it was cool um, to know that we're helping people. And that's, if anything you do in life comes from a moral standpoint, mm -hmm. not always, you will be successful. So like one example, maybe like data, data, using data to target people and stuff like that isn't the best. But they're, they're, getting, they're getting through it. That's my job. We're getting through it. Yeah. Um, but those are the biggest lessons you learned, right? Just like stay your, your own path. We're on our own journey. Learn from everything that's happening. And we shouldn't rush it. You and know? don't rush it. It's yeah. like, I think like you, you touched upon it earlier. We always want instant gratification. We want to get to that point now. It's like Amazon Prime. We want it now. But you have to understand. It, that defeats the purpose. The, the journey is part of the fun. Exactly. And just have fun with it. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. I think that's it. That's it? Yeah. I mean, today's episode was just us talking to one another, having a great conversation, and going away from what we had been doing the past three episodes. Yeah, we wanted to try something different this time because, number one, we can't meet people, so we just wanted to show, like, yeah, we just took an extra room we had in the house because our old room had moved out, mm -hmm. and we turned it into a studio of us talking. Um, it used to be a sick movie theater, but we didn't even use that. No, this used to be my old room. It used to be your room, too. It used to be my old room. Yeah. A lot of great memories. Yeah, no windows in here. Um, so, really good place, really good time. I'm glad you guys listened, and uh, I had a good time. Yeah, thank you for taking the time to listen to us. We hope you will come back next week. And we hope you get on the come up with us. It's going to be fun, guys. Peace out, guys. To the moon. Stay safe. <laughs> and healthy. Somebody.